Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The upcoming episode you are about to hear is episode three of the Sleep-Wake Cycle. If you enjoy what you hear, be sure to search for The Sleep-Wake Cycle on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe. If you like the show, consider leaving a review in order to help the show grow. Thank you and enjoy the show.
I worked all night. Not a single serviceable poem in the bunch. Edgar Allan Poe, I'm not. When the morning breaks, though it never means much to me, there's no ritual of coffee and smokes. It's just brighter out. I might eat a meal, nothing time appropriate, just food of some sort. Apart from the light, it's not the magical transition between sleep and waking it's been billed as. I generally do what I do at night. It brings me that much closer to the dreams I can't have. Or at least that's what it feels like. That, and the darkness makes things seem endless. More than what the daytime offers, at any rate. Days are usually reserved for other things. But I'm in between jobs right now. So I'm coasting. When I got the time... I like to drive around and listen to music or recorded lectures on some topic or another. Just one of the ways I fill the void. You see, any silence, any opportunity for calm, it all needs to be filled. Rumination of all stripes. It's the only way to keep the void fed and facing away, for the most part. Otherwise it feeds on me, turns my thoughts inward, aims analysis at my reasons for being forces me to try and kill the mystery of things. The world becomes a dull cardboard box. So, philosophy, science, poetry, politics, all of that stuff becomes grist for the nothingness. It's become my belief that thinking abstractly, complexly, creates a more rambling path to the truth. All that emptiness. It's not that I haven't been there before. I just don't like having my nose stuck in it is all. So I uh, walk that rambling path as often as I can. It had been a long time since I'd nothing on my plate. No case files to study, crime scenes to stare at, mega killers to hunt. Didn't feel right. I focused on the meeting, who might be waiting for me. From the sound of things, and maybe I was making too big a leap, not something I should ever make a habit of, but I had a feeling things were about to change. Permanently. And right after I'd almost settled into my routine to boot. My job, if that's what it was, had become, well, sacred. Not because I thought I was ridding the world of evil and all that jazz. Hell, I'm not even sure I buy into the concept of evil anymore. No, sacred because I felt part of something. Something bigger than what I'd been employed to do. I felt partly cosmic, faded and fixed. I wasn't a man, and the exopaths weren't just killers. We were microcosms of grander forces. I was the order that chased down their chaos. Stomped it out before it caught fire. That was my role. What I was born to do. I wasn't the only one who hunted exos, of course. There's a bunch of us, strung between this or that organization. But while I can say I've met a few here and there, I rarely run into anyone a second time. There's a thimbleful of us who live past our first case. And then there's the price of getting good. Out of the pros, I'm the only one who walks without a limp. Seems a shame to call it quits now. I've gotten so damn good at it. I decide to take a walk, take in the sights. I've lived here for almost a year, 
I don't think I've seen more of it than the Hall of Records and a few cafes. There's a place not too far from my house that has outdoor seating, decent food. I generally only visit when the sun is in full view, lets me wear my shades, so I can tick without too many people noticing. I can usually control my eye ticks, at least some portion of them, which is good. I have to flex the muscles around them till I hear the air popping under the lids. It's not an easy feat to get right on the first try. Usually requires multiple attempts. The net result is that I uh, look like a nut job. My expressions randomly vacillating between glee and misery. Thank God for sunglasses. My obsessions are another cup of tea altogether. They randomly flare into life. Sometimes they give me a break though, but not today. It's a simple requirement, but given the terrain, it isn't going to be an easy one. Avoid the cracks. Suffice to say, life after the darkness didn't prioritize infrastructure. Frankly, I'm surprised there are any sidewalks left. With every crack I dodge, I feel the price for failure. I'll be taken out at the meeting. Some spook from behind, equipped with a dagger and his own pair of shades. My employers, having finally decided my profile's grown too big for their liking. Granted, I know the likelihood of getting offed is practically nil. Especially for the guy who retired the infamous exopath, mass arsonist, and killer, the Salamander, one-on-one. -on -one. But that doesn't make a difference. Common sense doesn't even figure into it. The less blemished pavement determines my trajectory, sweeping me into the depths of the city like floodwater. I wander through the Knox Quarter, where all the rich nocturnals live. The buildings are tall, pricey, beautiful, made from some of the blackest, most pristine stone money could import. Before the darkness, the whole spiritualist movement, by way of popularity, sat somewhere between animal rights and colonizing Mars. Nowadays, it was neck and neck with Islam and Christianity. Personally, of all the faiths, Hekinism is probably my favorite. It has that flourish, that complexity I'm always after. It's just too bad I'm an anti-deist. I've never met anyone, or anything for that matter, with the power to enforce its will that was anything other than an asshole. I can only imagine what a prick an actual god would be. The streets are dead, not a soul in sight. Stores are all closed too. They're all on the opposite side of the clock, those of the Knox Quarter, pushing that nocturnal lifestyle everyone's so hot about. I'm probably the only one who doesn't have a dog in that particular fight. Although sunlit days filled with silence and stillness might have a certain sort of appeal, entire nights stuffed with noise and bustle might completely negate the gains. Likely just a distinction without meaning, like most diehard beliefs, really. I could feel the eyes on me as I walked into the diner. My contact lenses should have tamped down my extra blue eyes to abnormal, though human, levels of blue. So it was likely just the storm, a bit of its sound and fury following me in. The result of all the attention made me clumsy, forcing me to affect a nervous gait. I almost fell over when I reached the table in the back. The one small light above the table was dim, flickering with the lightning, cobbling the shadows into fuzzy, indistinct things. Oh, 
Someone was sleeping nearby. I could hear them wandering around their dream, calling out for someone. When I finally looked out into the room, I could see that no one was the least interested in me, my over-adjusted gait unwarranted. I located the dreamer, head down at the small bar dominating the other side of the room, <laughs> snoring loudly. As I turned to search out my server, my left hand glanced some liquid beaded across the table. My first response was to flinch. It was sudden, noticeable. I thought of the eyes that might be on me and shifted my gaze to my hand, acting as uh, casually as I could. They... they poisoned me. That's what this was all about, was my first thought. Putting a finger to my pulse, I graded my health. It was rapid at first, but then slowed to normal. I was okay. Or the poison was slow-acting. <laughs> Whichever. A few deep breaths later, I was feeling better, the paranoia receding yet ever-present. I felt like I was the center of the room, encircled by hecklers. I wanted to hiss at them to shut up, leave me alone. But I knew, in that most irrelevant stratum of realization, that it was only my disorder. Crowds. God damn them. My handler should know better by now. Why put me through this, just for some meet and greet? Most of this sort of thing was conducted in more private, if not well-lit locations. I hadn't spent this much time inside my own head in a while. My issues rarely followed me when I went dream-catching, <laughs> thankfully. But this next assignment had me waiting around, meeting with people. Certainly, I was in the custom of taking meetings, but it was all perfunctory. The subject's bedroom is this way, Miss Stroud. Here's the sullied pillow I was told to give you. Then, after I did what I do, it's just the summary reveal of my findings that separates me from breezing out the door. Even beyond dream-catching, solitude is what I do best. A nice, well-lit room, some pre-darkness reading, classical music, and lots of coffee and cigarettes. Those things, and in their proper allotments, are all I need to survive. No, I don't need to eat or drink, at least not outside of a dream. While I like coffee well enough, and a few other things, most of my dining takes place in dreams, my own or someone else's. On balance, it's one of the few excursions in the sleep that I don't mind. There's no mess to clean up afterward, the food's likely not poisoned, and I don't need to deal with people to obtain it. Speaking of food, my stomach was turning cartwheels from the anxiety of my circumstances. Still, I didn't want to seem unusual to the server by not ordering, so I got the special without looking to see what it was. I wasn't going to touch it, whatever it turned out to be. The blacked-out drunk at the bar continued to draw my attention, his dream having transformed to a scene of the sea. He called out over storm-tossed waters for someone named Mary. He was incorporating the storm outside the diner into his dream, and the whole thing was in color, which meant he was something of a decent dreamer. I could even smell the salty seawater over the special of the day, which, if I didn't miss my guess, included some measure of fried chicken. The man was on the deck of an old schooner, 
a menagerie of driftwood that's seen more than its share of sea storms. It was a vivid scene, likely reinforced by some terrible memory or other. But I wasn't on the clock, nor was I in the mood for drama. I dragged a hideous shape from the depths of the drunkard's dream, allowing his mind to shape it into whatever it deemed suitable. A shrieking sea hag, twice the size of his ratty ship launched from the briny waters, claws and maw widening to catch the man where he yowled. I assumed the creature's face must have belonged to his long-lost Mary. The man jolted awake, knocking over the beer of the man sitting next to him. He mumbled an apology and fumbled some crumpled bills under the counter, then stumbled into the storm. Dream it off somewhere else, I whispered to myself, pleased for the renewed sounds of waking reality. I had just come from a rather unpleasant job in Barren Gardens. That city of denuded earth that was little more than a giant sanitarium, where the homes belonged to the employees of the place and few besides. One of the new patients of Mercy House Sanitarium had apparently confessed to the killing of several young people, one of whom was apparently the daughter of someone important. I got called in to see what the lunatic's dreams might reveal, where he hid the bodies. Most people would likely find it surprising to know that the dreams of a madman aren't much different from those of normal run-of-the-mill people. At night, inside a dream, everyone's a lunatic. Everyone except me, that is. <laughs> I hope. So it wasn't the patient's dreams that were unsettling. They were quite pleasant. He envisioned himself as something of a writer of wrongs, a a do-gooder even, killing persons who had somehow missed death's initial call and urgently needed to be put down and buried next to a very specific ash tree so that they might properly reincarnate. Needless to say, he had a sufficiently rambling explanation bordering on dissertation as to how the whole thing worked. In his own insane, misguided way, he was just doing his job. No, what troubled me were the dreams I encountered when I first crossed through Barren Gardens late at night. My appointment with the inmates steeped in the early hours of morning. The dreams of those who tended the mad at Mercy House were evil visions. Sadistic. <laughs> Inhuman. These people had no business caring for anyone, let alone the mentally infirm. And then there were the machines, insidious, corroded devices they all dreamed of. Apparently, the things were used to torture the inmates and then harvest their screams, for, for some reason. I had no idea if the dreams were of real machines or perhaps a symbol for some sinister collective enterprise. Either way, I filed a report with my higher-ups as soon as I was able. Whether anything was sorted out, I don't know. But after that, I was certainly in no mood for dreams for a while. Although, technically, I'm always dreaming. At least that's the way I've been told my brain works. Locked in some paradoxical lucid dream state. The condition outwardly resembles schizoaffective disorder. 
in that I suffer hallucinations, delusions, the good stuff, on a regular basis. I can sort through it well enough, which is why the condition isn't confused with full-blown schizophrenia. The exception, what makes my version a little different than the run-of-the-mill schizoaffective, is that my good stuff is often mixed up with truths, mine and other people's, which is, when you think of it, the worst kind of mindfuck, if you'll excuse my language. I get lost in it sometimes, convinced certain dreams are real, certain ridiculous assumptions are true. Even though I know a lot of my fears are rooted in disorder, I like to hedge my bets just in case. I keep all electrical appliances unplugged after use. You can never tell when certain persons may try to burn you alive along with all your earthly possessions. And I seal all the windows up with whatever I can to keep prying eyes at bay. I know people are watching me. This is a fact. It's just that not all of them are real. I presume this to be fact as well. So, you can understand my confusion, my disbelief, when I saw someone waltz through the front door who I hadn't spoken to since I was a child. He was dressed in all dark clothing, carrying a thin white briefcase. Tallish and lean, he stooped slightly forward as if readying to sprint. Beneath his sandy hair, his eyes were pale and sad, clutching at some hopeless resolve. A flash of lightning turned him into a stark, lonesome silhouette. I could see the death on him, the path he'd traveled since last we'd met. Staring into those eyes, I knew without a doubt it was him. It was my brother. The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld. Sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone, and the Sleep-Wake Cycle theme song was written and performed by Sean Zeller. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. And if you'd like to know more about the world of the sleep-wake cycle and contribute to its nightmarish expansion, visit us at www.patreon.com forward slash Meltopia, where you can gain access to all sorts of art, mythology, stories, and more. For more information about the sleep-wake cycle and the larger world of Meltopia, head over to Meltopia.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.